welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right. Welcome back to the Built on Air podcast, season 12, episode eight, moving right along, two thirds of the way done for this season. Good to be back with you, myself, Dan Fellers, and we have back with us, Ali Alosa. You're on mute. There you are. Welcome Hello. back, Ali. Yay. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yep. Very good to have you back. She's been traveling the world the last couple of weeks and back home. So good to have you with us. So it's just going to be the two of us today. We're excited to be with you. Every week we do a full hour long um, episode talking about all things Airtable and get you up to speed. I'll walk you through what today's show will entail. Welcome to those watching live. Justin, all about the base. Welcome. We've got, um, we always start with our round the bases, talking about what's going on in the different communities and keep you up to date. Then we'll do a spotlight on prime, our primary sponsor, Onto Air. Then we'll look at an app in the marketplace in our app a day segment. And I will be talking about DocuPilot. Then Allie will go through her interface that she built on inquiry tracking. And then I will spotlight our community and how you can join. And then we'll wrap up with an automate create segment on working with um, selection options dynamically. So with that, let's go through our round the bases. Uh, we'll start off. It was pretty quiet in the Airtable communities this week, but there was one feature release uh, that came out yesterday on Halloween and from Jade Roland who works at Airtable. So now you can get a link that will take you directly to a record and highlight a field, which I thought was cool. I don't know if you saw that yesterday, Ali. I did. Well, actually I saw it this morning as I logged on to the forum catching up. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah that's a cool, that's cool. A way to get somebody to really get their attention to the cell that you're that maybe there's a change that happened and you sent an email and you want the person to land right into that expanded record and show them exactly that. So yeah. definitely helpful. Yeah. So that's how you get it. If you're, if you're on the record, um, if you see this uh, animated GIF, um, you can get it from there. It also works in the grid view, which I think is really cool. 
because that's one thing in the grid view is like if you've got a ton of fields that's always a pain to try to find the field you're looking for so this is helpful to share specifics right there just copy url mm -hmm. and that will work so that's a nice little uh, bonus feature for wrapping up the month a um, couple questions in there oh yeah this is worth pointing out so uh, Kavan highlights what the what the URL format looks like. So it looks like you just add the field ID to the end of the URL. Um, so all of this is standard. But then the if you want it to be the grid view, then you have to add that query parameter onto it. Yeah. Okay, that's exactly what I was. Kavan's always coming through answering yep. the questions that I have before I even yep. have a chance to type it out. Like, thank you, Kavan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is useful. So yeah, if you're trying to dynamically generate that link to use in a formula or something, this is the the format breakout. Appreciate Kavan going above and beyond as always. Right. That's that's actually really helpful because that that seems to be a brand new thing. If you want to highlight a, a particular record in the grid view, I mean, that was not ever a, a, an option because it defaults to the expanded. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So that's kind of um, Airtable announcements. We've got a couple other things to um, showcase. So the rest, these all come from the uh, um, built on air community. Uh, so Nathan asked the question Is there a way to update a roll up field of text to be separated by a new line like slash n? and Camille answers um, with the answer. So there actually is, for a while this was undocumented. I think this is always worth uh, showcasing because it definitely comes in handy. Um, but on the array join function of your rollup, you can pass in a second parameter. It doesn't give it to, it doesn't tell you that inside yeah. the, the editor, mm -hmm. but the link to the documentation does, um, they updated that at some point. That's um, good. Yeah, so definitely worth. I know you use this a lot. <clears throat> One of my favorite tricks. You can do so many things. You could do like uh, new lines. You could make it into a, a bulleted list. You could use HTML to create tables. There's all yep. sorts of different things that that is useful for. Yep, yep. So definitely worth highlighting it if you're not uh, familiar with this trick. And just so you know, this slash n that's that's a pretty universal that's not Airtable specific that's a kind of universal way to represent a new line um, by having that that slash n like that so that's the new line representation but yeah it can be anything like ali was saying that you put in there so nice um nice uh tidbit of info there let's see in this one Okay, so this was, I guess there was another new feature. This one didn't get um, highlighted in the Airtable community, but Kavan brings up that if you try to duplicate a base, they now have a new interface that makes it more convenient to duplicate it. Usually in the past, it would always just do like automatically duplicate it and it would just put like copy on the end, I think, mm -hmm. of the name. And then you have to like go looking for it in your base. Like, where was that? It might be at the end. Um, and, uh, but now they have a new interface where it brings this up. It asks you if you want to duplicate the records, the comments and rename it. Um, 
and there's even a uh it, you can actually change what workspace you put it in right there you can actually change that by default it's in the same workspace but you can move it to another right there so you don't have to drag it after creating That's so good. yeah so that comes in handy so yeah, so that's another um, that's another nice uh, feature that that got added that can help out. I think we've got one more from the built-on air community. This is also another thing to point out. So Aparna um, is asking about API keys and how they work and um, how to change it. So this is hopefully something that that will change. But right now, API keys are tied to a specific user. And so whenever you're using an API key for a third-party tool, that any interactions happening through that API key will be done as the user that that, that API key came from. They are coming out with OAuth support so that it makes it easier for third-party apps to like get access to your data and get your permission. But that is still tied to a user. Um, so that, um, doesn't fix this issue. Ideally what, what, sh what Aperna would like and what Airtable should have is some kind of like account level API that is kind of like the automations that, you know, doesn't, uh, work as a specific user, isn't tied to a user so that if that user leaves the company, you don't have to replace their API key everywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to see. It would also be nice to be able to limit, like create multiple keys that are limited to maybe certain bases and not all of them, because um, that can cause some security risks or issues yep. if you're sharing your Zapier account or yep. et cetera. Like lots you will be able to with the OAuth, you can limit it to specific bases. Um, and, and it works with at the workspace level too. So you could limit it to a workspace or a base or everything. So that will help um, to some degree, although it'd be it'll be tricky to kind of keep track of, of what they do have access to each key. Um, so hopefully that, that that's available. So, yeah, so there is improvement coming. Um, I believe it's by the end of the year that should be rolling out. Um, but I, but I think there's still more to come for kind of this account level, uh, API support. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. We've got, uh, just one thing I, I saw on, um, on, uh, Twitter. So I thought this was kind of cool. Um, I think. You know, like I've thought a lot about this. We've shared other, this is basically, this is a, a venture capitalist that has been using Airtable. Um, this is up your alley as well, Ali. Um, <laughs> and uh, and um, built out all their, you know, they call it their angel investing operating system. Um, and so angel OS and, um, you know, so I know Airtable has a lot of traction in the investment world. Lots of VC firms use it. Um, and so he released it as a template that you can actually purchase on Gumroad and put it up on Product Hunt and has some some demo videos of it. Um, so if you're in that space, might be worth checking out. 
But to me, the more interesting thing is just to see these kind of templatized products going out there. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think Airtable is quite ready for this really to flourish because of the maintenance side of it. Um, You know, there isn't a way to automate, you know, keeping this up to date once you copy his base or his bases. You know, there's no way to resync it with any new features and versions. So no, no concept of versioning. Exactly. Yeah, that is the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when that happens, then I really think this could, this, 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 you know, there could be a a very thriving uh, community of, of templates for sale. Um, but there are some out there. I've seen some, I know people that, that are doing it and, you know, just working around the limitations I've debated going down that path and just decided it it wasn't worth it at this point. Um, but we'll see others are, are willing to blaze that trail and, and, uh, figure out the workarounds for now. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of it, right? Like if you sell it once and then you just sell it with the stipulation that, there aren't going to be any updates and if you want to get an updated version you got to pay for it again or maybe you pay less i don't know but there's there's ways but still i i wouldn't i think we'll probably in the future have more tools that'll make that easier yeah yeah and now granted this one they've been using for multiple years and so maybe maybe it's you know at the point where it's like okay this is a finished product but the challenge is is airtable is going to advance and introduce new functionality that will you know change how you want to do things and so i think there's always going to be a need for for versioning and updates absolutely actually zapier not to completely go on a tangent but i noticed the other day that zapier added a small feature where when you when you publish a zap not only can you edit the zap while it's still on which that's hugely helpful um and then when you publish your changes you can actually add a little versioning note in there so that's really helpful for documentation, I think. I'm excited about that. Yep. I actually just noticed that yesterday. I was in Zapier. I hadn't been in Zapier in months and was in there yesterday and just noticed that. <clears throat> Definitely. Yep. So yeah, otherwise, any anything you've been you've been gone a couple of weeks. We so you missed some of the conversation since the big announcements. Any any commentary on big changes the last couple of weeks from, from your perspective? Well, unfortunately, I'm still digging into a lot of them. I haven't had all the time I've wanted to to really dig in and, and get to know the new features or changes. But I did write support this morning about a small little interface change that I was annoyed about. Um, I won't get into the minutia of that. But, um, but I am excited about a lot of the changes. Um, particularly, I'm excited to see what happens with Heather... There was talk about being able to easily identify silos of data um, like across workspaces. And I'm really interested to see what that will look like um, when you've got a lot of data and robust structures across many bases in a workspace, then it gets unruly. And I'm excited to see what they've got planned for that. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit there. They're, um Oh gosh, what do they call it? Their truth, their primary truths, or primary sources. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see when that rolls out. They said uh, Q1, um, at least at the enterprise level. So 
yeah, definitely looking forward to that. <clears throat> awesome. Very cool. Well, let's move on. We will go to our uh, spotlight on onto air. It's an all in one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. If you are dependent on Airtable as a core piece of your business, then you definitely want to check out onto air and the suite of apps that we provide. Um, we are continuing our discussion of um, our new form that is in private beta and um, will likely be, I believe we're shooting for a new year's launch beginning of uh, January. So just after the new year's, we'll launch this um, publicly, but for the next two months, we'll continue in kind of a private beta working out the kinks, but it's definitely firming up. We're working on some, some, some functionality that we want before it goes live to everybody, but um, getting great feedback from our customers and um, happy to let other people join our private beta. So <clears throat> if you would like to try it out, um, there is a free tier to it that you can experiment with it for free and use for free. And so um, reach out to us and we'll get you access to it. Just wanted to showcase one kind of functionality that, that you can do with the form. So with the same form, you can configure it to either create new records or update existing, or you can limit it and say with this form, we, I only ever want to create new records or only ever want to update existing records. Um, but there's some cool functionality within there. <clears throat> so one thing you can do if you're creating a new record, you can uh, actually use a, an existing record as kind of your, your placeholder for all your default values on creating a new one. So you can specify in here the internal Airtable record ID of a default record. So you can, you can pass them in as parameters into the URL, but an easier way is to have a record in your table already that has the, the, the default um, pre-fills that you want, and then just specify that record ID here. And then when anybody goes to create a new record, it will pre-fill with the values from that, from that existing record in your Airtable table. Um, or you can do it on the fly where you can actually pass in, you can create a URL parameter, call it like defaults or whatever you want. And then, um, <laughs> found a bug. And then, um, there we go. Let me refresh here. It's good to know. We've got some bugs still that we're working out. But essentially, you put the URL parameter in there, and um, then you can specify uh, a, a record ID in the URL so you can actually have different uh, defaults um, to use. And this is actually an easy way to duplicate a record because you could spe spe specify the record ID of the record that you want to duplicate, and then you can change any of the fields that you want and then save that and it'll be a duplicate of the existing record. So lots of cool functionality like that. You can do that both on the create or even on, on an update. You can backfill it with, um, with uh, you can specify you know, the record ID either in the URL or you can pass in the value um, based off of some other unique identifier. So it doesn't have to be the record ID. You could have another code 
or the name and pass that as a URL parameter to specify which record you want to update. So lots of cool ways that you can interact with your data um, and more advanced functionality coming. So check out Ontoair forms at ontoair.com and sign up. Let us know you're interested in the private beta and we will get your access. Very cool. Yeah, it is good stuff. That's exciting. Get that out there. All right, let's move on. We're going to look at um, the marketplace. There is still a marketplace. Someday it'll be accessible from your interfaces. Um, <laughs> but until then, you still got to go through your uh, through the, the grid um, data layout. But I wanted to show um, you know something interesting happened in the last month in the marketplace. I don't know if you've if you keep an eye on uh, what's been coming out. <clears throat> but, um, you can see there's actually been quite an influx of similar apps around documents. And so um, PDF.co is a PDF generator. They they kind of separated theirs into two different um, apps that do either generating new PDFs or merging multiple PDFs into one. So they've got two apps. Um, there's already been Formstack in there for a while. Um, there's another new one. Where are you at? This document. Document has been in there a while. Um, shout out, we do have an integration with Google Docs. So you can use Google Docs as your template engine to generate PDFs. It's not yet in the marketplace. Um, there's Kavan's low-tech PDF. Um, there's another one that just came out. Um, where'd you go? Um, I think there's a third PDF Co one too. Yeah. It. Oh, PDF Generator API. Yeah, yeah, there it is. PDF Generator API. Um, and then obviously the, the page designer. So yeah, so just in the last month, um, interesting, DocuPilot didn't show up with PDF. They need to add PDF to their description. Um, but um, including DocuPilot, which is the one I'll show um, today. But anyways, there's been a huge inf influx of... Um, of uh, PDF generation tools um, that work with your with your Airtable data, and so um, yeah, we're checking out one of these. Likely could could work with you, um, but I wanted to show how DocuPilot works. Awesome. So um, DocuPilot's been around for for quite a while. Um, I've I used it many years ago um, with Zapier. And so I already had an account. Um, and um, so I just wanted to see what their integration looks like. They, this came out probably a month ago, maybe two months ago. And um, basically, once you install it, you have to have an API key. You connect it with your account. And then what you do is you'll go into DocuPilot. So in DocuPilot, you create a template. And they kind of have their own designer. And this is pretty similar to pretty much how most of them work. Um, 
And so you have the ability to kind of design it the way that you want. And then if you click on this one, it will help you insert tokens and they kind of have um, the ability to do loops and tables and conditions, things like that um, mm -hmm. to help you create a template that um, then is available to insert your data into, um, into the template and then save as a PDF. And so there, here's just a very simple one that just takes the name and then does template. Um, you can look at the source there. And then, um, but yeah, you pretty much just specify the field name. So this you need to make sure matches the same name as your field names um, in Airtable. And then you do need to, um, and so how DocuPyit works, it is not automated. Um, if you want to automate it through DocuPilot, then you'd probably have to set it up in Zapier or Make. Um, but I, maybe some of the others, I know, um, you know, Ontair can automate doing this all on the fly, but, and I think some of the others can as well. I know Document can as well. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, DocuPilot right now using their app, you have to click on a record and then it gives you all of the um, templates that you have. I'm just going to use this test one and then um, and then you can specify to save it in an attachment field and you pick what attachment field you want to save it in. Um, so this one only lets you select. It shows all of them, but only the attachment fields are selectable. And then it shows you all the DocuPilot fields that are in your are in your template. Um, and I think by default, if the name is the same, then it'll automatically select it. Otherwise, you can pick a different one. So this helps to map your fields from Airtable into your template placeholders. Mm -hmm. And then you manually um, think, uh, and then this will just generate one, and then it put it into the product images um, right here. It's creating, and then there you see my PDF. It inserted the name uh, template. So I'm on a free plan. So it looks like it adds that. That would get taken out if you're on a paid plan. But um, definitely useful, especially for automating, um, saving it back as an attachment. Pretty much all, I would guess all the third-party ones have that functionality to, to save it back, except for Airtable's page designer. Um, but maybe someday we'll, we'll add that functionality. Um, and be able to, to automate that. Um, but until then, there's these third-party tools that can get more advanced, um, but we're checking out. But once you kind of understand how one works, they're all pretty similar of how they work with templates and, and field names and, and um, inserting your data from Airtable into them. So worth uh, trying. I know that's it's a pretty common use case of generating documents off of your data in Airtable. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I still wish they would just add a thing to page designer to make it yeah. like a button that's like, yeah. Put it even, yeah, even if it was just, you know, how DocuPilot works to just, do you want to save this back? Like you would think that functionality, I could see like the automation to make it happen automatically, but it should be in automations as a task step too, yeah. you know, to it really use page designer. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I wonder when when that's coming. Right. I would love that. Yep. Very cool. All right. So that's our uh, app of the day.
And now Allie's going to show her interface. There you awesome. go. Excellent. So this is an interface that, or a base and interface, um, that I submitted to the interface designer contest a while ago. It did not place, but I still think it is worth showing um, just because I think there's some cool little interface tricks going on. Um, so this is a totally fictional database. These are not real names. Um, side note, I think I've mentioned this before, but I use Mockaroo a lot to get like totally fake data and they're, they're really, really cool. Awesome site for free. Just say what field types you want and it gives you like fake company names and industries, whatever you want. Um, they need they need to build an app for the market. Right? They should. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, so essentially this is just a very simple inquiry tracker where I've got um, inquiries coming in from different sources. Um, and then uh, they're tied to a contact, which is tied to a company. And I've got things about that company getting entered. Um, excuse me. And then I've just got some lorem ipsum here for the comments. Um, but where things get, I think, kind of cool is in the interface, which I'll open in another tab, which hopefully we can see. Can you see this other tab here with the interfaces? Yep. Okay, great. So this is the interface. And so when I get leads, like I actually do this in my real base where I track things. I don't like to automatically send a reply just because I like to really read through what somebody said and answer any particular questions and have it actually be like a personalized thing. But there are some things that I type over and over and over again. And that's where this interface makes things really easy. It actually cuts down the time that I need to spend responding to emails by like a good amount. Um, so down here, I've got this email uh, builder, so to speak, where I've set up um, certain values, and I just realized I think I have a bug here. Um, but the, oh, this is the subject, just kidding, the subject line. So I can change the subject line if I want to. Um, I could say, like, change that to thank you, and that should override the subject. That's still saving. Um, but I've got an introduction paragraph here which I could override if I wanted to. Then I can add a little additional paragraph to like answer any questions that they want, like um, just like whatever here, just to show. And over here on the side, I've got this preview. Um, then I get down to like templated things here. So if I wanna say, all right, I'm gonna offer this person my hourly consulting, um, it puts this sentence in. And then I could say, oh, I also want to add the details of how they work and the pricing because they asked specifically about pricing. Um, and then I could actually reorder these paragraphs around if I want to. And then if I want to include the link to the call, I just have it going to Calendly here. Then I can include that there. And then my email lead button, all that does is just open up. You actually probably can't see it, but um it opens that up it's a mail to link in the background so it'll open it up in my mail client mm -hmm. then i can actually adjust it from there because this doesn't offer any formatting options um and that's something i'm okay with just because i want it to be personalized but if i go back into the base 
I've got this whole table here where I'm just putting in paragraphs that I use often. And then I can select from that. So if I need to go update the pricing that's going to be in that email, it goes here. But over on my view here for my lead response fields, this is where I've got all my formulas that are informing that um, email builder section here. And I'll show you just what the mail to link looks like. So this is the formula that's behind this button. And it's just a mail to link where I'm putting in the subject and then the full uh, body of that preview you can see in the interface here. Yeah. That and is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it saved this a is... lot of time. Yeah, I was going to say, this is on my to-do list. Um, so I might be uh, hitting you up after the show. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to share this, um, uh, the, a link to copy this. Um, and then I think real quick, I've got a cool dashboard. I kind of, I think this is a cool little trick. Um, these are just single select fields that are coming from a record picker of my summary table and there's only one record here so it just shows like this is kind of you could just ignore this at the bottom mm -hmm. um but i've put in on this summary table just these values in these single select fields so that i can have them as my legend over here because uh, i don't love the way that they work um the legends work uh -huh in Airtable. Um, yeah, yeah they, I want them to do some improvements for the charts, but we'll see. <laughs> that is so cool. This is this. I mean, I've been thinking about like needing to do this for so long and just haven't uh, had the time to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is awesome. Really? Thank you. I have the same philosophy of like not wanting to fully automate all my replies and, and, um, but templatizing it is, is really useful. Kind of a, um, a, a hybrid approach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Some shout outs from, uh, Justin and Scott. <clears throat> Thank you. Watching very cool stuff. <clears throat> cool. So are you willing to share that with the community? I think, I think there definitely would be interest in that. Absolutely. Yeah, I can I'll, I'll disseminate it in the appropriate channels for sure. Cool. Definitely. Yeah, we'll put it up in the show notes. So great. Very cool. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I, I would have voted for it to win. I think that's a winner. I must not have understood the, the valuableness of it. No, I think what the, the winners were well deserved this time around. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. A quick shout out to our Built on Air community. Um, if you're not part of our community, we need you in there to help make the community better. We have thousands of Airtable users in the community helping each other, talking about all the latest and greatest of what's going on in the Airtable world. You need to join our Slack community, sign up for the mailing list, and participate in the podcast. We'd love to have you on and show what you are working on. So we're always open to having new guests join us. Okay, our final uh, segment, I will do an automate create. So this came up um, 
with, uh, uh, I was working on a client project um, last week and I believe I knew this uh, limitation, but um, I had forgotten and ran into it again. Sometimes you forget where all the where all the potholes are in Airtable, <laughs> and then you revisit them. Um, so, anyways, there is a limitation if you are doing a script within an automation that you cannot um, create dynamic options from like a single select or multi-select field if they're not already in there. So you can't create new ones. Um, it will throw an error. If you're using the scripting extension, it does work there. But for some reason, they uh, decided that they didn't want that in the automation um, environment. And so that became an obstacle for us because we were um, building an API sync and using automations and webhooks and um, wanted to you know, sync data from a third-party system. We didn't know if they would always stay in sync, the different field values um, from these two databases and two systems. And so we wanted to make sure we could dynamically create um, new values on the fly. So I'm going to walk through how we um, did a workaround. And there's a couple ways you could work around. I'll kind of explore those options. So, awesome. so I'll use this base. Um, it's just kind of a project management uh, marketing base. And it's got a couple fields on it um, that, um, <clears throat> that you can use. I'm going to keep this simple. I'll talk about how you deal with multiple fields. But in this in this case... I'm only going to be working with with a single field, um, but um, so we have our automation. Um, the triggers just when it enters a view, just to keep it simple. And then and then if you're if you're this is where it comes in. If you're editing, uh, if you're running a script, and let's say you're making a call to a third party API, um, and then you want to do your update, what? you typically would want to do is you'd want to perform that update right here using the update record sync and you would specify um, the values for your um, your fields that you're updating. So this one has a channel field that's a multi-select of where it came from. And right now it does not have, if I look at that channel dropdown, um, Actually, that's the wrong base over here. Sorry, wrong base. Um, so if I look at this channel, I've got my drop downs. TikTok is not currently in my channels. Neither is built on air. So these, um, this would air out because these are not current options in the drop down list. Mm -hmm. And so instead of not doing it that way, one workaround. Um, I know. I, I know. I was talking to somebody who do, who uses the uh, REST API because via the REST API you can do stuff. Um, so that's one approach. If you want to make a call to the REST API, that then requires you to have their API key to store in here. So there might be reasons to not want to do that. Um, but that's one approach. Here's another approach to keep it within the automation is if you use um, just kind of explaining what, what's going on here. So inside of the scripting, 
um, within an automation, there is an input variable and an output variable that are globally available everywhere. And the input allows you to pull data in from a previous step. So we're pulling in the, the record ID. So here's our input. Um, and it's the record ID that triggered this automation. So you can get data from the input. You can also put data out in the output that then is available to any steps after this one in the automation. Mm -hmm. So you just do output.set, you give it a name, and then you specify the value of what it's going to be. So I'm doing this um, a little bit more dynamic. So in theory, I could specify a different um, field that needs to be updated um, so that this could support multiple fields that, that are updated. Now, in this example, I can only update one at a time. In our real world example where this can, issue came up, I needed to update multiple um, dropdowns or single selects. So I actually created a whole nother table that allowed me to save the field name and the value and then the record ID of where I'm updating. And then I set up another automation that ran anytime there's a new record in that table. Um, so that's a little bit more advanced if you want to do multiple. You could also have like field one, field two, field three on your output and then just set these up. But that, <clears throat> that <clears throat> gets... Um, redundant for a reason I'll show in a second. So, so now these are the variables. So I'm, I'm saying I want to update the channel field and here's my values. And if I'm doing this, if I know that there's going to be times where I might have a new dropdown field, um, I might just always use this approach, even if those fields are already, uh, or those values are already set in the dropdown so that I don't have two ways of updating those fields. I just keep it consistent because even if I'm using channels that already exist in the dropdown, this approach will still work. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of having like sometimes do it one way, sometimes do another, just keep it consistent and do it the same way. So there's my output. Now I'm going into this field, this section, and I make it conditional so that um, I can look at um, um, the field value. So I'm looking at the output. If I clear, if I show this, let's do that again. So I, now I'm looking at this run script and now it shows me anything that I set in the output. So I'm picking that field and I'm saying, if it contains channels, then run this um, update. So if I had other fields that I was potentially updating, I would add those as conditional steps. Now, what I really wish, um, okay, so that works. And so now I'm in this update because that field value contains channels. Now you specify what I wanna update and then the record ID, this is coming from my trigger because we're just working with a single record on this automation. So I'm pulling that. Now in this field section, what I wish was, I wish this could be dynamic where I could dynamically specify the field name based off of the value from my output because yeah. that would save me from having to do these um, conditional actions. I wouldn't have to set up one of these updates for every channel right. or every uh, field, right? right. I, could, I could just say, I could just have one update and it could handle any field.
but it doesn't do that. You have to specifically specify the, the field. So that's why I do, okay, in this block, I'm only updating the channel field. So I'll find that channel field. And then now within here, now, now the value can be dynamic. Okay. Um, so you have to click on that little cog and specify dynamic. And then it gives you the option to select a dynamic field. I'm going to go to my output from the script and specify my value. And now this value will, um, will update the, um, the field. And so let's test it. Let's test this guy and run the automation, see if it works. And if we look at the data, um, we should now see TikTok and Built on Air are now in my dropdown and they weren't there a second ago. And you see here, this is the record I updated and I specified it. So that's how you can dynamically add new options um, to your, to your dropdown list. Um, you can't do it through the script. You, the update record, record does have extra privileges, apparently, that the scripting action does not. So a bit of a workaround, annoying. I wish that they would just allow you to create it um, in the script, especially because you can do it in a script extension. Because a lot of times, like how I ran into this is I actually tested my code in an extension. It worked fine. I then move it into the automation and it starts breaking. <laughs> yep. I've, I've had that exact same experience with that exact same call with yep. up, update options, async. Yeah. Yep. Frustrating. Yep. So, um, so anyway, so if you're doing that and uh, wondering why it's breaking, that might be a place to look. Um, and so here's some options for a workaround. Love it. That's super useful. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and maybe someday that will get added into the scripting environment. So with that, a little bit shorter today. We've got through them quickly, but definitely jam-packed with cool stuff. Um, I'm excited to try out your uh, interface and um, improve my emailing. Save me a bunch of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I'll get you that link. I'll get uh, link. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you all for uh, joining us today. And we this is what we've built today on, on our episode of Built on Air. Look forward to next week being with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontoair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.